This is an ABC podcast. I'm all the better for seeing you. Oh, really? I love that phrase. All but the, I am. You're I, glowing. Whenever you say that, though, all the better to gr- to eat you with, I think, of, <laughs> from Little Red Riding Hood, you know, when you're about to die. Hello, Zan. Hello, Miff. How are you? I'm all the better for seeing you. Oh, that's nice. I am. Nice to see you too. You raised me up. Oh, my Lord. Sorry, Bang Fam, if you just like someone just ripped (laughs) hundreds, thousands of people just ripped their headphones and their AirPods out of their ears. I apologise. And the dogs just woke up from their sleeps all around the country. It's not that high pitch, come on. (laughs) No, it was pretty good. Having a bit of a lend. Uh, Good to see you again, though. It's been another big week. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about this week, which is nice. I know, because the world is in turmoil and it's just awful out there. So we figured... We'd bring a bit of a light rather than shade like this week. Dick and balls I mean, light? Dick and balls light. Not <laughs> we will throw shade, but we're not dealing in the world of shade. Well, this is kind of a combination of the both of them because um it's it's one of those moments where it's like if you don't laugh, you'll cry. A purple logo representing the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet's <laughs> Women's Network, which I didn't know much about the Women's Network, but we all know about it now. Oh, we do. Literally looks like a dick and balls. The W looks like the balls and then there's a long shaft mm. that protrudes out of it and the internet was set alight. Sure was. Discovering this logo, which was produced internally. It was. Yep. Mm. By so the looks sh- of things, sorry, someone, I say, I said that someone, someone looked down and not necessarily <laughs> internally, but I think they just physically looked inside themselves or at themselves and went, that's a nice design, isn't it? Let's just do a dick and balls. How many people, and we know bureaucracy, we know government department bureaucracy, yeah. we how work many at the people ABC. did this go through that looked at it and went approve, approve, approve until it went out there? All right, even if you can't see the dick and balls, let's discuss, all right, the jaunty font of the W. Like, well, when fuck, I first saw it, when it I got to admit, when I'm I first a, saw it, I was woman, like, this looks like boobs. Like a, yeah. I thought it looked like it boobs. It looks like boobs, but it's also And that, then I looked to the right. It's like that jaunty font as well and it's like we have to have a soft font because we're women it's like no we don't yeah no no and then the bit at the back even if you can't see again a dick and balls could be like a pill of some description so you know like you know I don't don't know like it's it makes absolutely no sense to me it was something that um apparently had nothing to do with the prime minister they did release a statement of course (laughs) um like so many responses the prime minister and the prime minister's office were not part of this logo design they have removed it I saw a lot of people making note of this because the drawing of attention to this women's network which is um one of a number of networks that operates within the department of prime minister's office the wording on the website talks about them being a network that champions equal opportunity on behalf of its members and is an inclusive members members um <laughs> volunteer based organization built by members for members but then it goes on to say it assists the PM and C, Prime Minister and Cabinet, on enabling cultural change aspirations mm. expressed in the department's plan. And a few people picked up on that. It's not enabling cultural change, it's enabling the aspirations. So we're just we've built a, a department, a network to just help the dream, not help actually make change. No. And I think that that's language is important. Yes. And aspirations is, I think, like so many other things that we've seen from the current government, 
it's this sort of idea, this vague notion, something to work towards without any systemic change. Aspirations just, isn't concrete. Now? Yeah, just how about we actually just work towards change? Yeah. As, a, as opposed to And get rid of the dick and balls. <laughs> they did get rid of the dick and balls. <laughs> they got rid of the dick and balls real quick. But, you know, look, maybe it could come back in another form. I'm not sure. Look, I don't mind a dick and balls. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've known to draw them. I'm not saying... But I have, I am known to have drawn them in my in my life, so I'm not opposed. on the top of a desk at high school. Exactly under a desk, um, <laughs> on a on a piece of uh, on a, a, a like a, a you know how some towns have those trains. We had a tractor. I think I did. A dick, <laughs> I think I scratched a dick and balls on that. You like, tagged a tractor I, with a dick I, and balls. I did. Well, I, you know, it's a rite of passage. It's like the S symbol for millennials. This is the prime minister's and cabinet's office. Like this is I not know. high school. I know, but like I'm not opposed to it. So like, like let's let's not throw that out as a creative idea. I think necessarily. I think maybe we can just hang on to that idea. Maybe. I'm throwing it out. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. It's certainly not going to make its way into a new emoji, as we have discovered this week. I saw that there's some new emojis coming to the latest iPhone update. I haven't got it yet, but I think it's coming soon. Some things to look forward to. Oh, some some excellent. Thank things. you for sharing this with me. No worries. Um, I look. There's some really nice ones. You know, they've they've. What are your highlights? Highlights. What are your emoji highlights? I like the biting lip. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm not entirely sure. Is what that a that bit means. whoopsie? It could be whoopsie, or it could be a bit sexy, a bit hot, or it could be a bit. Um, there's a tension there, isn't there? Yeah, there's yeah. There's a tension in that emoji. Yeah, which I think is taking emojis to a whole new level. There's just <laughs> there's yeah, and then there's the melting smiley face as yeah, well. I mean, I what's think this that? Is, is that just well, I'm smiling through climate change, um, or uh, this is how I die? I think or? that's the capture of the last two and a half years. It's kind of a it's a smiley face, but it's on its side, melting a bit, and those eyes are just looking into the middle distance mm. and giving up. It's just like basically, you know, like you're on the Titanic and sinking and, you you know, you're playing in that string quartet, but ultimately <laughs> the ship is going down. That's what that smiley face says to me. Yeah. Um, I, I love the disco ball as well. Disco ball's great. Disco ball is really good. I'm not sure what I use it for, just party. Cause yeah. I think I'll add it to my, you know, you know your top emojis. Can we go through? What are your top oh, emojis? That is a great idea. This is embarrassing. <laughs> is the eggplant the first one? No, there's no eggplant of mine. I've got the squinted eye smiley face, but also in there, which is um, slightly embarrassing, is that I use the pregnant lady often when I talk about food. <laughs> Food babies, <laughs> or just you know, I'm 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 so you know I'm so full. She's she's right up there. She's right up there. I've got a train. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And nothing else too embarrassing. Try not to read too much into your emojis. No, don't. And an angry cat face. I, I think that must have been a mistake. But there's <laughs> champagne glasses. There's cake. So a lot of celebrations. Yeah. And of course the fingernails. I'm very early emoji. You can carbon date me to the early emojis. I still like the painted. Oh, the painted the fingernails, fingernails are a classic. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of hearts. What have you got? A lot of different coloured hearts. I've got the the rock sign. You know, the horns to the sky. Oh. Okay. Um, I've got the praying emoji. I've got thumbs up and, and like like strong arm. Thumbs up is a big one in my top emojis praying as well. Emoji. Got the fire symbol. Oh, hot. And You're looking hot. You've done a lot of that on Instagram. <laughs> no, I don't know what to say. You look gorgeous. I'll just put a flame. Yeah, just sizzling right now. Yeah. And I've been using, this is funny, this is in here because I have been using the emoji with the sunglasses on quite a lot lately. Oh, cool guy. But I don't usually do that. So there must be something going on with my state of mind that I'm feeling cool guy emoji of late. Yeah, but there you go. That's good. There's also a tiger in there too. So oh. 
Uh, who knows what's going on there? And a fairy. I think that was to do with Byron Bay's, uh, which we will get to in just a moment. But look, I will say this. There's a disco ball emoji and still we have no vinyl record emoji. One of the largest growing media in a world where paying for music doesn't exist anymore. Vinyl sales are increasing. Where's the freaking vinyl record emoji? I agree. This is a great one. That needs to come next. Perhaps we'll set up a change.org petition. Well, for apparently that one. the kidney beans emoji came about because someone made a petition and, and they got they a thousand, got was a thousand sig- signatures. What the hell? That's nothing. That's too easy. It's way too easy. Let's start. <laughs> come up with a list. But um, on that note, did you hear about what Jack White, he of the White Stripes and producer fame and yeah. all of that said recently? And I think it's a really valid point and something we weren't going to discuss, but I'll bring it up. Um, he said that major labels need to set up now their own record uh, printing plants, vinyl printing plants, mm. because basically what happens is when, say, someone like Beyonce, who we love, decides to do a vinyl edition, it messes up their schedule for, like, it takes out their factories because these plants are usually quite small. Well, it happened with Adele's record. Her yes. latest record, it just knocked out all the other vinyl production for so many other artists but that had nowhere months near and months the and range months. of Adele in terms of audience because yeah. there was just so many copies being produced of her record. Yeah, which means uh, the one way that a lot of smaller acts make money is through their vinyl records and, mm. and it's it's quite difficult to plan and organise. So I think I think that was actually a really good suggestion. They've got the money. Yeah, 100%. And Third Man Records, which is Jack White's label, have a vinyl pressing plant in Nashville. I've been there. It's such a cute little shop. They press stuff straight from the studio to wax. They do these special one-offs of like seven inches and they record it straight to wax. They used to do it like Sun Records. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, you know, throwback to that. So, so good. Love that idea. So, so good. We haven't mentioned to the troll emoji. I think that's a highlight just quickly. Yeah, same. I like that one. At the end, um, which could also. Very OG internet, that one. It is. And it's a good looking troll. Yeah. Looks a little bit like it comes from the Shrek family. (laughs) Don't you reckon? It's a cute troll. I can't wait to use it. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, stop. (laughs) God, don't use it on me. I can't wait to use it, she says, with a smile, but there's something sinister going on. With a melting smiley face. You do not want to be on the receiving end of a Miff Warhurst troll emoji. <laughs> Watch out, world. No, I just can't wait. When Late night, Facebook, just when I hate a comment, just troll. <laughs> Easy. You told them. I finally have, I finally have an outlet. It's you great. told them. We talked a lot about Byron Bay's last week. I don't want to go too hard on it, but we have now completed the full first season. I whipped through it in two days. Yeah. Have you watched it? Of course I have. <laughs> I knew you would. Every single minute of it. I knew you would. Every single minute of it. It got easier as it went along because it went from like 48 minutes to 38 minutes, which is closer to half an hour. So you could really consume it. Yeah. You could binge this series. You can. You can. And and look, in the spirit of, of those wonderful reality shows that are actually about pretty much nothing, i.e., you know, small small trials within friendships. Very small he trials. He said, she said stuff. Very high school. Um, it's... It, it's perfect. Like it's actually a perfect little series because it does what it says on the packet, what those shows say on the packet. And and But then it's also got that level of influencer culture, getting an insight into that. I think that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, 100%. It's the other thing that I thought was really interesting with it was the insider-outsider feel, you know, talking about who I guess had ownership of Byron, who was legitimately a local. And I reckon that that really reflects 
how parochial we are in Australia, mm. which we saw so hardcore during the last couple of years of the pandemic, this state versus state, even, you know, area versus area mm. kind of fights. I mean, really, and the, the, the fights between <laughs> Byron Bay and the Gold Coast. 45 minutes difference. 45 what? minute drive down I the highway. I had to look it up. I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> and and, and, and people of, moving to Byron. It's like it's, it's, you drive that far to get from, you know, work to home in I most states. I drive that states. far to go and do the podcast every, every week with you, Zan. Exactly. Like Sarah, who's a gorgeous character, she's a singer songwriter you know I think she's she's actually a, like rather lovely to watch yeah. and 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 very engaging she's like crying I'm gonna go back to the Gold Coast and the Gold Coast is 45 tops down the road tops. like you can just you can actually just go for the night yeah like that's easy <laughs> day trip you yeah. can do a day trip and um I've got to say uh, one of the it's it's given me one of the most watchable characters I think I've seen on Australian television in a long time, mm. and that's Hannah. Hannah is uh, she has her clothing label. Did we was bisque? Bisk. Was it salmon bisque? You thought you did mention what? it was brine, which brine, is now what it's right. going to no, always be called a, in my heart. Bisque. Bisque, and she is extraordinary. She's like this sort of Namaste hashtag blessed character. Mm. Um, who loves a crystal. Loves a crystal, but also loves loves a bit of a bit of a fight too. So there's there's many layers. To Hannah, but watching her, she's like a character out of a. Uh, someone said online, and and it just resonated so strongly with me. She's like a character in a Christopher Guest film, like Waiting for Guffman or um, or what's the other one? Um, Best in Show. Yeah, like watching her is just like watching. She's she's incredible. Yeah, um, so watchable, and and yes. Yeah, and that's the point. That's the thing, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, there's. I think that every time I've seen someone talk about it, it's like, oh, my God, I hate myself or I hate watching this but I can't look away. There is something very compelling about this show and a lot of people are watching it. There are a lot of good one-liners in this oh, series too, so um, both the pieces to camera um, but also some of the things that I think are unintentionally one-liners. I cannot stop thinking about Stav when he says, I love you to Elle and her response is, <laughs> Oh, you're so cute. I was like, no. Oh, my God. No. No, I know it's horrible. So I like, awkward. I like Sarah's, though. If you're wearing heels and no undies, that's a date. <laughs> Which even she regretted saying. I know. I am really keen to chat with the person who commissioned this and she's actually going to be taking five with me tomorrow, Min Lu, who is a former ABC employee. She actually is the person who co-created The Heights which was another soap opera yeah. um, about a commission flat and all the people mm. that live in it and in Perth. And um, she is now the head of content at Netflix Australia. So she's mm. responsible for commissioning a whole bunch of really great programs, including the reboot of Heartbreak High, which I'm very excited about. Yes. But she, the first show that she commissioned was Byron Bay's. And there's been a lot of flack about this. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to her I, when I, she does the Take 5 tomorrow. I feel like the narrative is turning around once people watch the whole series. They get Like everything, they right? Get the it's like reactions it. versus reality once you actually see it. I, I think there's still a lot of people who don't like it. No, and, and God, understandable. It's, it's so watchable because it, uh, sometimes they're quite quite hateable. And yeah. a, they, we, we do love a hate watch as well. We don't, we? I know you love a hate watch. <laughs> Hey, you know what the Byron Bays are not doing? They're not letting themselves slip into goblin mode. Ooh. Oh, my God. You shared this. Friends shared this. Mm. I just saw, like, it's one of those moments, those cultural moments where, and I love the Bang fan for this, if you're not sharing Crocs with us in all their many splendid glory, <laughs> there's certain things that just connect and you let us know. And I thank you for that because the Bang fam is a community. There's 
uh, give and take, push and pull, and this was one of those pieces that I got a lot of nudges mm. about this week. Why are so many people going goblin mode? What is goblin mode? <laughs> well, we were discussing a couple of weeks ago about the vibe shift. Um, yeah, of course. Of which we are way too old to be involved in. But we're also part of it. We're also part of it. Because we were right. there five years ago. That's right. We've Just been through the all the all the, <laughs> the various vibe, vibe shifts. But um, apparently goblin mode is the vibe shift. Oh, okay. Uh, My shift just this, gets more and more this is what the, This is what the article by Kari Paul is suggesting. Um, the, the headline is slobbing out and giving up. Why are so many people going goblin mode? Uh, this is in The Guardian and you can find it. It's it's good to read because it it, it sort of sums up a, a quite a huge aspect of my life. Um, yeah. Which is Very relatable. A, a complete lack of aesthetic. <laughs> Why would a goblin care what they look like? True. <laughs> Which is what happened in the pandemic. And I think it's tied up with all of a sudden realising that we don't, if no one's coming around to your house, if you're not turning up for work, you don't have to keep up appearances. You're uh, And if your work day is now 24 hours a day because you're constantly online, you can just shuffle in and out and around your house like a filthy old goblin muttering to yourself, yeah. if you like, wearing what you like. Um and embracing it, and it's also in opposition too to that sort of hyper curated life that we we see on Byron Bay's, which we were just discussing then, and that and that's that life that kind of they call it cottage core, you know, the sort of linens and flowy and beautiful sort of soft aesthetic. But but there's a lot of work involved in that, mm. an awful lot of work, highly curated, highly constructed, and uh, you know it's. Well, goblin mode is the absolute opposite of it. You have your homemaking skills are well, pretty much your tomato two minute noodles. Like that's it. They're they're the only that like you don't have to care anymore. And I'm kind of I'm kind of here for it. Jeff went away for a few days. Oh no, here we um, go. I've absolutely de-skilled. This is what I made. I made frozen ravioli one night, Yum. and then just made it again the next night. Yeah, good frozen dumplings and cheese on toast. I've completely de-skilled. This is so fine. <laughs> See, I live alone, so this is my life all the time. What's no, you? I don't have to impress anyone. I can eat what I want when I want. Why make a big meal when there's just the one of you? Yeah, I've really you got can, to step when, up my game. Really when you can put cheese on toast, that's great. also delicious. I love cheese on toast. The I found this article really uh, relatable, and I think a lot of other people did as well. I remember that first year of the pandemic, to when I was renting in a place that was a pretty hipster, extremely hipster part mm. of Melbourne, and that's why I've moved out where I am because I but couldn't handle that, it anymore. I didn't want to put on appearances to go to the shops. Well, no, that's the thing. I stopped doing that, and I think that that break from someone who and age is a part of it too. You care less and less as you get older because you realise none of that stuff matters. I never used to leave the house without putting makeup on, but in that period in 2020. I would just go and wear my active wear and my giant oversized mm. hoodie and no makeup in the coolest, one of the coolest parts of Melbourne. And I just didn't give a shit. And that kind of gave me f- free reign to go be reminded none of this matters. And also what was going on in the world and what continues to go on in the world. It's like, what do we actually care about? What are we spending our time doing? What are our values? You know, it is, it's nice to sort of just be reminded of that. And I think that it goes beyond, for me anyway, it goes beyond just going, oh, it doesn't matter and the world's fucked and let's just be, you know, be a yeah. goblin. There's something about it where we just let some of those things that are about facades and um, superficiality mm. go because you don't have the energy or want to give the energy to that anymore. That's Absolutely. how I feel anyway. Absolutely. And I think in the last two years I've, and I know you have too, I think we both have, and, and lots of lots of Bang Fam out who are listening, have made a real effort to 
work towards becoming that authentic person that we are mm. and not not pretending. It, it's it was too hard to pretend when all the guards were down during that severe lockdown. It was and you just get too off hard. the hamster wheel, you realise that you just, if you keep doing the same thing, then you've got that mindset. But when you step away from it, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. And you get paused to actually reflect on that and go, does this actually matter? Yeah. And it does. Like we all got that shake up in the last couple of years. And that's why I'm wearing bike pants. You look great, by the way. And <laughs> bike pants. Bike and pants like are cool now. To pretend like I'm, I've got a, <laughs> I've got some sort of, you know, life on, like, like business life on top. And yet on the bottom, <laughs> couldn't be bothered. <laughs> this piece, when it talks about cottagecore as well, makes yeah. mention that, you know, cottagecore was thriving in that, you know, late 2019, early 2020. Mm. But that's when people were thinking that we just have a few boring weeks at home. And yeah. now deep into now the third year of the pandemic, mm. uh, we are well and truly in goblin mode. Mm. One of the people who contributed to this article says, if you can't handle me in goblin mode, you don't deserve me at my sleigh. <laughs> It is cool that. to be a goblin. It's also discussed that goblin mode has a destructive element to it, which is not necessarily breaking things down or 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 or, or being doing anything illegal. It, it's essentially just a bit of harmless mischief. Mm. So not, stop trying to pretend that that you're perfect and actually do a bit of naughty stuff around the corner. Do eat dry pasta out of the box. Absolutely, go for your <laughs> life. Eat eat your tomato two minute noodles, whatever you stop want. Stop judging me with the tomato <laughs> two minute noodles. I have support on that front. Yeah, two emails. Full. Co- <laughs> So cruel. I had to go back though and look at what a goblin is. Do you know what a goblin is? Um, it's like the troll emoji, isn't it? It is. <laughs> essentially. So all things come together at the right time. That's why the troll emoji's made its comeback because it's, we are all in goblin we're mode. We're all in goblin mode. And apparently it's a small, <laughs> grotesque, monstrous creature that appears in the folklore of multiple European cultures, of course. A lot of Anglo cultures. Thanks, Mythopedia. Thank you. I looked that up and copied and pasted. <laughs> so yeah. But um it's interesting that that's become a thing at this time as well. The mythical, the mythical troll under the bridge yeah. is coming back into our common vernacular, and I, I, I kind of love it because we, we've all lost our minds a little bit. Um, so let's just embrace it. I'm definitely watching Shrek this weekend. <laughs> hey, before we get into Bang On for this week, thank you for gifting me with the performance at Crufts, oh. a dog show in the UK, of the Swan Lake dog, a little Chihuahua. And its owner performing Swan Lake. Oh this God. is one of the best things I've ever seen on the internet. Oh, it's, it's it, it gave so me so joyful. much joy. And there was only a small snippet on Twitter, which I have retweeted if you want to see it, but um, we'll put the full length YouTube It's the video. best three and a half minutes you'll spend this week. That dog is amazing. <laughs> I have been told that. Dog, you know, smaller dogs have smaller brains, therefore can, cannot be trained. But this has changed my perception of the Chihuahua forever. This Chihuahua, little Joya, um, and its <laughs> owner are doing what is essentially in the class. The, the class is, or sorry, the competition is heel work to music category. Heel work, heel work <laughs> to music, and um, the routine has been choreographed to Swan Lake. So we have Joya, the Chihuahua, moving through Natalie Portman style from becoming a white swan. It even starts with the, you know, the music when they're on the, on point and they're doing <laughs> and the head's going to the side and it's gorgeous. The dog is even doing that. <laughs> and then it moves through and then it becomes the sort of evil black swan and the darkness and then it, it's like dancing and touching and routining and I, I've never seen anything like it's it. It's phenomenal. I know. And then when... She dies at the end. Not really. Not really, but like I felt it. I felt that. 
this was like Stanislavski's method, you know, like she was Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. Like this dog was totally fucking embracing exactly where she was, as was her owner. Yes. Um, and someone put on Twitter, and I can't remember who, when I posted it, said, what did you do in lockdown? <laughs> And it's like when you watch that and go, oh, my God, yeah, actually, that lockdown's the only way something like this could have happened. The only way. It's unless fucking Unless all the dog choreographed routines are like that. If And if they are, I need to see them all And now you've got to get Viv to repeat the performance. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, no, she's – look, I'm lucky to get a walk to her to walk on a lead correctly at this point. I'll um, put it in the show notes. It's oh, quite it's phenomenal. So it is one of the best things you'll watch on the internet this week. Yeah. Um, time to bang on. What are you banging on about, Zen Ro? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Because like you're so unused to asking me first. I know, because I always so forget. Full. I get to the end of the thing and I forget what I'm doing here. Um, I'm banging on about a book called Stolen Focus Ooh. by Johan Hari, who is the author of a book called Finding Connections, which some people might have read. Stolen Focus is his new book. And first of all, the irony of this book of me picking it up is that I got it and then my partner said, I've already bought this. Oh, my goodness. So that's key point that I just didn't realise that and I'd forgotten it. And this is something that we've talked about a lot um, in the last couple of years about how we can't focus on things. Mm. And we've spoken before about what part the internet and social media has to play in that and we've referenced it with other um, articles that we've read. So this is kind of a book that captures all of that but then goes a lot broader as well. And each chapter of this book is different. It focuses on a different area. So there's things like how multitasking, basically switching between tasks has increased a lot and we can't actually successfully multitask, even though we think we can. The collapse of sustained reading. A lot of people I know haven't been able to read books in the last couple of years because you're constantly just like checking your phone without even realising you're going, being drawn towards that. Um, technology that tracks and manipulates you, you know, the mm. algorithm and how that messes with you and pulling you further in. And also environmental stress, you know, there's gaps ever increasing between rich and poor and what it means when you can't afford, in places like America, can't afford healthcare, um, don't know when, if your next paycheck is going to cover the bills, pandemic has caused you to stop earning like there's no point saying, oh, just, you know, switch your screen time on yeah. and you'll be right. Like these are things that you actually are happening to you. And also what we eat, and this is something that Michael Pollan has talked a lot about in terms of like the, you are right? Don't tell me. No, I was okay. just getting uncomfortable. I think you're going to tell me that your cheese on toast sandwiches have to go. <laughs> well, I don't want to hear that if right If it's now. whole grain bread, then it's better than nothing. But all of that, <laughs> and of course flow states, being in a flow state, um, you know, creative flow state, which is that wonderful time where you just – are writing and writing or creating or just thinking of ideas. It doesn't even have to be something that's quote-unquote creative. We're all creative in our jobs. But, you know, when you just get in the zone, mm. that creative flow and how you get into that and how that makes you happier and healthier throughout mm. your whole life. So it's all that sort of stuff. And he breaks it all down, what causes this lack of attention. But also I think really makes us realise that there is no single culprit and that this push inward of like people saying to us, oh, you need to do this, you need to turn your phone on black and white, you need to meditate more. That's all fine and good but really there's a responsibility and an understanding in this book of the changes in the world have happened so quickly and many of them in such an insipid way that 
with all of our best intentions, we're kind of doomed, like not doomed in a way that we can't fix it. Oh but my it's like, God. The, no, I don't mean like that. I just mean like, you know, there's a lot up against us. So just saying, oh, you're supposed to fix this, this is an internal problem with you, ignores what capitalism, what these companies are, you know, wage growth or lack of it, all of that. It ignores all of that because there are a lot of outside stresses that we can't control. And so just saying, you know, if you do this, it'll make things better is really short-sighted and it was great to read that. Well, yeah, and I guess the monetization of self-care. And but still, the implication is that you have to you have to seek it yourself. Yeah, that is a huge change in culture. You know, like self care is also draining. Um, you know, but we we're getting the message that we need to do it for ourselves because no one else is going to do it, and yet now it's monetized, and it's it's a very difficult balance. Well, one of the key things about that too is about the self, and he talks about you know this onus on the individual when it should be a community Collective response. Community you know, talks of about the great movements of you know the suffragette movement and um, various other political movements where things you know people make great changes and they do it as a collective. And I liked that as well because I think further and further we are being isolated isolated, whether we choose to do it ourselves or whether there's a kind of insidious nature of, you know, individual at all costs, mm. which benefits capitalism, well, it is capitalism on a number of different yes. like levels. And this is not a socialist podcast, but I just found all this really interesting. I truly believe in the power of the community. And this was really reflected well in, in the book. And he does it all with a really compelling narrative and with a book that's got 200 research papers referenced sometimes those kind of books can get really bogged down with just pointing to a bunch Mm. of data but he makes it compelling because he has a really strong narrative throughout it I loved this book yeah um I highly recommend it I listened to it he read it himself um I you know have been doing the audiobook thing quite regularly lately and it's fantastic I think you'd like it too Stolen Focus by Johan Hari okay really really good I'm into it yeah I'm scared of it. It's good though. But I'm into it. Yeah, it's just information, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just ripped through it. Like I was focused on reading this That's book. Good. That's good. Which is a good sign. What are you banging on um, about? Another book as well, and this is the absolute opposite, and it's a little bit of a regression as well in terms of the storytelling uh, in that it is an, a novel by an Australian author who lives in London who I vaguely know through friends of a friend, like a follower on Instagram, wasn't aware that she was a writer. Um, and Nina Agzarian, Nina Las Vegas, mm. told me I had to read this book because it's set in 2007, uh, Kevin 07, if you might remember that time, what seemed like a, um, a such a, a much more innocent time in politics and life and the world and yeah. all of that. It's a murder mystery based around that time and a union boss uh, who who is m- perhaps murdered, who perhaps commits suicide. Um, where un- I haven't quite finished it yet, but it's it's like. It's a drama. It's a soap. It's a. It's everything. And, and does it, it relate to actually what was happening in Australian yes. politics at the time? Everything is right. Everything that you know. So in a way, it was kind of like a comforting, warm blanket too. It was like, oh, remember when we Kevin 07 is a comforting, warm yeah, blanket yeah, to I you. Yeah, I know. I know. Remember when there was things like, changed. Remember when there was things like work choices, and, <laughs> and our our leader said said sorry, and that was okay, yeah. and that was good, and you know that, and all of those things. I. Yeah, it, it it was. It's nice to revisit that, and I guess it kind of reminded me too how complex things have become yeah. since that time. But um, I think it's it's really well written, and it's like just it's one of those reads like you read it on a plane kind of thing, and you're in like you are in. What's it called? It's called A Great Hope. Why? Oh, sorry, I didn't say a name, did I? <laughs> 
I think um, you said Jessica. Yeah. Uh, it's called A Great Hope by Jessica Stanley. Mm. And uh, she also lived in Canberra and Sydney and Melbourne. So there's lots of references to that. She worked in politics, I think, around that time. So that's her her time to shine. And it's, yeah, it's a regression for me to go back and think of that time. But I, I, I'm really enjoying the drama of the story. So. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff. It's kind yeah. of like a touchstone. We like going back to those moments that yeah, have filled with nostalgia because it's mm. a certainty that we don't feel like we have right now. Yeah. That's and a good tip. We haven't talked about fiction in a while, And it's we? a rollicking read. A so rollicking read. Rollicking, rollicking I can zen. see that on the cover of the book. It's a rollicking it's read. It's a saga. It's a saga. <laughs> Love it. Love a saga. Okay, that's a great tip. Thank you. Um, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks because I'm going to. Um, what are you doing? You, you, you're just leaving me, aren't just you? Just go away. <laughs> go away. <laughs> go away. Yeah, I'm taking a week off next week. Sorry. It's okay. It's got to rest my little eyelids. Yeah. But um, we will be back and I'll have stories for you, hopefully. What are you going to do? I'll you... tell you tell you when I come back. You're going to... Sounds so sinister, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Sounds like you've got something planned. No. Just rest... Well, I've always got things planned because oh, I'm me. Oh, well, you're you yeah. and that's good. Yeah. Um, bit of R&R though, I hope. Bit of R&R, yes. Good, good. Play, not work. Good. I'm going somewhere for my birthday. Okay, so everyone, that, that was... <laughs> That's Sam telling us it's her birthday next week. 22nd so, of March. Yeah, pr- start planning right on the now. cusp. Just tipped over into what, Aries. What day was it? What 22nd of March. 22nd yeah. of March. Thank okay. you. Great. Good to know. Oh, I don't know how that slipped out. <laughs> See you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks. I'll miss you. I'll miss you too. Okay. Bye, lovely. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.